today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. U.S. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's office will be making a sentences recommendation in regard to Michael Flynn. That's happening today, and hopefully it could shed light on the extent of Flynn's cooperation into the Russian probe. Flynn, who uh, held the White House job for only 24 days, pleaded guilty in December of 2017 to lying to the FBI about his contacts with Russia. He will be sentenced uh, on December 18th. He is also... Uh, He is so far the only member of uh, Donald Trump's administration to plead guilty to a crime uncovered during the Mueller uh, wide-ranging investigation into Russian attempts to influence the 2016 election campaign. Others who have also uh, since been charged by the Mueller probe include uh, campaign manager Paul Manafort, uh, as well as his deputy Rick Gates and Michael Cohen, who of course last week pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about the uh, proposed Trump organization uh, Skyscraper in Moscow. To talk more about all of this, Michael Trogott is with us, Professor Emeritus of Communication Studies and Political Science, University of Michigan, and with us now. Michael, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Good to be with you, Scott. So what is the significance, Michael, of this uh, sentencing recommendation? How does that, or what does that say about the Mueller investigation? What sort of insight can we get from that? Well, Uh, I think the the important news this week is that we expect there to be three sentencing memos made public. The first one today for Michael Flynn, uh, who has been a cooperating witness for about a year. But also uh, we expect to see one for Michael Cohen, uh, who's, who's also been cooperating. And then we expect by the end of the week a sentencing memo for Paul Manafort, but that one involves uh, a charge that he's been lying. And so the Mueller team is going to present information about what kind of lies he's told and why they think they're lies. So in each case, <clears throat> there'll be some information released about facts that are previously unknown, uh, what Michael Flynn has told the Mueller team that's helped them uh, build their case, what Michael Cohen has told the Mueller team that's helped them build their case, and why Paul Manafort has uh, essentially reneged on his cooperation agreement, and what they know about lies that he's told. So we're going to learn a lot more about what went on in the Trump campaign. Is this the beginning of the unveiling of this probe? Is this, is this where America fi- and the world, I guess, finally gets answers, starts to get answers? Well, in terms of the publication or release date of the final Mueller report, of course, we don't know that. But there is a sense <clears throat> among many people who follow this closely that we are getting near the end and that uh, the Mueller team is going begin to lay the broad outlines of what it thinks it knows and who's culpable. Will this latest action, uh, will that be more rhetoric from Donald Trump to kill this investigation? Will this just ramp that up? Well, I think that it's pretty clear that uh, Donald Trump is feeling uh, the walls closing in, and uh, he is tweeting uh, more frequently and more aggressively uh, about Mueller and his team. Uh, and the risk that he presumably sees is um, 
the divulging of information uh, of two kinds. First of all, in the Flynn case, uh, when he was communicating with the Russian ambassador, was he keeping Trump informed? Uh, and so Trump knew about these conversations with regard to the sanctions. But uh, in the in the Manafort case, can Mueller show that Manafort was lying in a in a particular way uh, to uh, mislead his investigative team and to try to protect the president? So we're we're going to be learning a lot about Trump's interaction with these three people, Cohen, Flynn, and Manafort and uh, what kind of communications they had with each other. Uh, this all happened during campaign, allegedly, as opposed to during or, or while he was president. How d- Does that matter? Uh, it matters uh, a, a little bit uh, in the sense that people think that Mueller is uh, focusing in on two possible sets of charges, collusion and uh, conspiracy and the to the we don't know whether you know how, how good the evidence is for either of these but cons, but conspiracy uh would probably relate to uh matters while he was serving and collusion would probably relate to campaign related uh, matters so it could be some of each uh, is any of this enough to do anything more than embarrass the president? Well, uh, we don't know, but um, you know there was uh, uh, in, in in the Cohen hearing last week there was a reference to an offer of uh, a kind of penthouse condominium mm-hmm. in the putative Trump Tower in Moscow. Yeah. Vladimir Putin, uh, that would be a pretty serious uh, charge if it could be demonstrated, both in terms of the emoluments clause, but also in terms of coordination with the Russians, uh, you know, about, during his campaign. So that that could be that could lead potentially to impeachment. What about even the idea in the court of public opinion that he, you know, was looking at building a possible Trump Tower in Moscow? Um, it seemed it's less, it's more about his business involvement with Russia than what he's doing as president, at least at the beginning of all of this. Uh, but that being said, whether it's legal or illegal, uh, it now certainly is. You know, we are certainly now aware that that he has in in solid business uh, dealings in Moscow because he, he certainly was considered you know, a tower there. Does that change the court of public opinion on how how cozy he is with Russia? Well, of course, all of these things depend upon whether you're a Democrat or Republican and and the perspective that you bring to this. Um, And there's a difference between whether he could be pursuing uh, business deals while he was campaigning, even if he didn't tell the truth. And the idea that he wasn't telling the truth and the Russians knew that he wasn't telling the truth, that would make him uh, subject to uh, influence by the Russians as a result. In other words, he could be compromised by that. That would be much more serious, I think. Uh, You have to think, how how can any of this be proven? I mean, could it be? Well, 
there would be a difference, I think, between uh, uh, testimony and documentation, right? Yeah. So it depends on, it's, uh, I'm sure that what Mueller's interested in is getting away from, you know, he said, he said. And to the extent that there are uh, email exchanges or uh, Michael Cohen allegedly was a tape recorder of phone conversations, you know, that there are phone conversations involved, um, that would make the case much stronger. We don't know whether or any of those circumstances actually uh, pertain, whether there are recordings or emails, but I think we're going to find out next week. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I can't let you go without asking you your thoughts on the past G20. In past summits, Donald Trump has pretty much overshadowed most of the agenda. Uh, he seemed to be a little quieter uh, this time in, in, until perhaps walking away from the odd photo op. Uh, your thoughts on his his performance, was it different this time? Well, I don't think it was substantially. He he was on better behavior, and his public statements were not as aggressive towards uh, American allies as they have been in the past. But uh, on the other hand, when you look at the American stock market, which is down 700 points today, um, he made claims about an agreement with China, which don't seem to be substantiated. Uh, you know, that with regard to tariffs on uh, goods between being exchanged between the two countries. So uh, while he wasn't as outspoken about uh, our allies and relations with them, his tendency not to tell the whole truth about uh, matters that were discussed in private may be coming back to haunt him now in terms of the stock market's reaction. Should he be praised for holding China to account, or at least feet to the fire more so than others? Well, there's no, there's no indication that he has held China right. to account. That's just chatter except, at this point. Yeah, except in a way that's hurt American uh, farmers, for example, in the soybean industry, or uh, other kinds of um, imports of uh, Chinese steel and aluminum. What about Trump's meeting that was initially scheduled with Putin, and then, of course, it was called off, and, and then that image of the Saudi prince and uh, Putin shaking hands? Uh, is there any way that meeting could have gone on after that encounter? Well, the, 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 the handshake happened after the meeting was canceled. But, uh, you know, there was a problem with the incident uh, with, with Ukraine, but... Uh, Again, across the last several days, um, Donald Trump prevented the director of the CIA from appearing with uh, uh, Mattis and Pompeo, but apparently she went and spoke to the leaders of the relevant Senate committees this morning, and the members who were there for the briefing are now uh, talking to reporters and saying that they're convinced, based upon what she told them, that the crown prince was involved in the murder of Kosochi. What does that image say uh, of Putin and the prince shaking hands as vigorously as they did? Well, I, you know, I have no special knowledge about uh, uh, any of the details of that, but, you know, the optics of it were terrible. 
These are two two outcasts on the world scene uh, for different reasons, slightly, but nevertheless, you know, on the outs with uh, Western European governments and parts of the U.S. government. Um, Donald Trump is still trying to be accommodating to each of them under the guise of important uh, economic benefits for maintaining a relationship. Can we interpret from that handshake that uh, those two have Trump where they want him? Mm, No, I don't think so, because not because of Donald Trump's doing, but the Senate is clearly going to take votes by the end of the week or early next week to limit uh, arms sales to Saudi Arabia. And uh, the Senate is not going to do anything to uh, reduce or eliminate sanctions on uh, Russia. So um, I think that that was primarily for a show, but it won't have any effect on American policy to the extent that it's not the doing of Donald Trump, but the doing of the Congress. Uh over the weekend, of course, we, we learn of the passing of the 41st president of the United States. And, and, of course, the tributes start rolling in from past and present leaders, so on and so forth. Uh, political stripes aside, um, he was known for his diplomacy, uh, wanted a kinder, gentler uh, America. I, I'm listening to these over, over the weekend, and I'm thinking, how can Americans not be asking themselves, what the heck happened? How did we get from point A to point B? Are, are are people making that, are Americans making that comparison this week? Well, it's clear that the, uh, it's clear that the Republican Party under Donald Trump is not the same as the Republican Party under George H.W. Bush. Um, but, uh, you know, Donald Trump has maintained uh, the position of, uh, dealing only with his base and not trying to increase uh, the nature of his support or the size of his coalition. So I don't think Americans are surprised by the difference. This is really a problem for Republican elites uh, to think about where their party is and where it's going. How do Republicans view that? I mean, and many have said Donald Trump is not one. I mean, Republicans, you know, looking back at the Reagan era, the Bush era, what have you, are they looking at what they become? Well, uh, you know, there are some uh, who don't have a very broad uh, view of the world and are not very retrospective by nature. All they're concerned about is the current Uh, powers that they hold and whether they can maintain them. Um, And the problem for the Republican Party nowadays is that its future prospects are dimming under Donald Trump. Uh, And so we don't know yet whether there's going to be a group of uh, Republicans who will be able to reorient uh, the party back to where it was (coughs) or um, the the Trump takeover will be complete and define what the party will become. Um, th- we won't know about this really until we see whether or not he has a challenger in 2020. Hmm. So uh, at this point, the Republican Party is still redefining itself or defining itself under Trump. Yeah, he, yes, Trump is responsible for that primarily. That's right. 
Is this a time for the Republican Party to pause, though, and look in the mirror and say, is this the direction we want to go in? How do we take this and uh, use our power for good, not evil? And, of course, I'm exaggerating. Yes, I understand. But, um, it, you know, the point I was trying to make is there doesn't seem to be any strong desire for uh, introspection uh, or, or rethinking the party. I mean, if you look at if you look at the uh, incoming class of uh, members of the House of Representatives, there's the greatest number of uh, uh, women serving in the House, and especially in the brand new cohort. And there's only one elected Republican woman. I mean, this is the story of the party in the microcosm, right? Mm. What about uh, at the uh, the Bush funeral? and uh, various presidents there. What, what will Donald Trump's challenge be through the rest of this week? Well, he, he has tried to minimize or eliminate the most explicit kind of challenges because he's not going to speak hmm. at the uh, funeral. And uh, What are your thoughts I, on I, that? I mean, obviously... Uh, um, uh, 43 is is going to speak instead. Uh, is that just because of the situation? That's the better way to do this, or would there, if there was another president, would he be speaking? What does this say? Well, I think we know historically this is the first time uh, in uh, recent memory that a president, a former president, has passed away, and the current president hasn't spoken yeah, yeah. Uh, at the service. So, I mean, I think that's that's a pretty glaring commentary. All right. Uh, Michael Trogott has been with us, Professor Emeritus of Communication Studies and Political Science, University of Michigan. Michael, always a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Good to chat, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.